Hi everyone, and welcome back to Chasing Fandom. As always, I'm your host, Chris McGuffin, and on this episode, we're sticking with the theme of comics, except this time, instead of books, we're talking about the movies. This past weekend, the latest film in the X-Men and Wolverine franchise was released, simply titled Logan. I managed to see it and was absolutely blown away by it. And in fact, if you want to hear myself, Eric, and Lou talk about it in more detail, take a listen to episode 131 of Random Chatter for that. I knew immediately when I left the theater that there was one person that I had to talk about it with, and luckily we were able to do just that. His name is Ryan Brown, a former co-worker of mine and close friend. When we worked together, there was rarely a day when I wouldn't go up to his office and talk about Star Wars, comics, or just general nerd stuff. We've not been able to do that now for almost a year, so I'm very happy that I was able to have an unfiltered and passionate conversation about Logan and also what the future holds for comic book movies in general. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with my good friend Ryan Brown. I already introduced him to you guys, and now I'm going to let him talk a little bit about himself, some of the stuff he's uh, involved with, some of the things he likes. Uh, you will probably not get a full gist of it, just based on this one conversation. Hopefully we can have him on later uh, on another episode. But Ryan, just tell people that are listening um, some of the things you like. Uh, it doesn't have to be stuff that I like too, because I know you like a lot of things that I don't. So just general overview of you. Sure. Uh, well, hey, I'm Ryan. Um, I I think first and foremost, my truest love is comic books. I've been reading comics for 20, um, I don't know, 23, 24 years, something like that. Um, and uh, any ancillary like comic book related thing like comic book related video games obviously comic book movies since that's what we're going to be talking about today um and of course i love star wars probably to an unhealthy level um (laughs) hey nothing wrong with that yeah um and i mean i like tolkien a lot too it doesn't come up nearly as much as you might think but i do like lord of the rings hobbit all that other good stuff the silmarillion i can do deep cuts when it comes to that (laughs) um what else? I like punk music. I like uh, martial arts. I um, I'm a practicing martial artist as well, uh, but that's not really super nerd related. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I like science fiction. I like fantasy. Um, I watch the shit out of TV. God, let me tell you, <laughs> like. Uh, all those CWDC shows, like, I know it's, it's essentially just subsisting on a, it's, it's equivalent to like subsisting on a diet of Little Debbie cakes, but I don't care. I love it. I love it a lot. I watch it. I watch all of those shows with my kids. Um, Walking Dead. Um, I really like Into the Badlands a lot too. Uh, you're a Doctor yeah. Who fan? Oh yeah, big, big Doctor Who fan, big Sherlock fan. Um, but it, it all comes back, it all comes full circle for me back to comics. M- literally, my mom loves to tell this story. Literally, my first word was Superman. Um, 
she will tell that story to anybody who of course I only have her her word to take for it but she's generally pretty trustworthy so uh yeah what else do you want to know uh well you've pretty much covered it oh I used to be the manager I won't say them on the air here because they they might not want to be associated with a scoundrel like me but I I was the manager of two separate comic book stores both were great stores in the Morgantown area there's great shops great comic shops all around in Morgantown by all means check them out uh yeah, what else? Uh, well, you pretty much covered it. Um, I know you have... So is, is Superman your favorite superhero? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely my first love um, is Superman. Uh, but in a similar vein, I also really love Captain America mm-hmm. because he sort of fills that role in the Marvel Universe. Um, but, I mean, I like a lot of... Beyond those those two top-tier characters for me... After that, I tend to like more obscure, not obscure, uh, less godlike characters. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I do really enjoy Wolverine a lot and Hawkeye and um, Green Arrow and, and similar scroungy characters, um, less aspirational characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Superman has always been my uh, my first love as far as that goes. Okay, so. Do you are you an avid comic reader? Yes. Um, is that an understatement? Yeah. Okay. Like the like the Apostle Paul was sort of into religion. <laughs> That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? <laughs> I hate asking this because I no, I, I know ask away. I know some of the answers, but in a nutshell, yes. like I'm talking about every single thing, not just one group. What is your opinion on comic book movies in general? Um, I actually think that this is kind of a, a golden age of comic book movies right now. And, and people like to... I've heard the term thrown around a lot on message boards and in um, blog posts and whatnot about the comic book movie bubble, so to speak. But I don't necessarily think that's a thing. I mean, do we really have any sort of... And maybe there is, and maybe your listeners will, will correct me... Um, but do, are there any really like other kind of genre bubbles that you can think of? Like science fiction, it's not like after Star Wars there was a deluge of science fiction movies, but it's not like they ever stopped making them. Science fiction, fantasy, excuse me, I know the difference. Um, <laughs> same thing with like westerns. Like they made a you know, just a ton of westerns back mm-hmm. in the fifties and sixties, and they still make westerns now. Um, so I, I don't suspect the genre will ever go away. Maybe it'll like. The, the faucet will will uh, be will close off a little bit, but um, the quality of movie that we have now, generally speaking, there are some exceptions, but the quality of movies that we have now are are, are head and shoulders above what we had whenever I was, you know, young and, and would go see the the one superhero movie that came out every year, and it would always be something terrible or something way off base. Because mm-hmm. generally speaking, back then superhero movies or comic book movies in general weren't as a rule weren't made by the same companies that make comic books Mm -hmm. like marvel studios for example now is marvel yeah and they make those movies um so you had non-comic book people by and large making comic book movies and you would lose a lot in translation mm-hmm. in that way. So you would get, you would be lucky to have a, a Tim Burton Batman, which, uh, had more good than bad, but still wasn't a hundred percent on the mark. Yeah. 
you know, but you'd be like, well, this is as good as it's going to get. Or you'd mm-hmm. get, um, you know, a, uh, um, a Brian Singer X-Men, which again was n- more good than bad, but still like, okay, I guess the X-Men all wear black leather now. That's okay. But you know, more good than bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's, it's definitely a, a better place now. And also like the, the thing that's, so different now the biggest thing obviously uh that's so different now aside from quality is 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 the aspect of continuity yeah which was never ever 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 a thing back you know in the day um it was never implied you get these little like one-off statements um like in uh spider-man 2 spider-man 2 um j jonah jameson name drops dr strange mm-hmm. um in uh I don't think Batman, I ever noticed that. Yeah, in Batman Forever, uh Dick Grayson name drops Metropolis. So they would like have these like little things that implied mm-hmm. that there was some sort of larger world that these characters existed in, but you never got to see it. And of course there's the big urban legend back in the early two thousands. And this is there's nothing substantiating this as far as I know, but there was this urban legend that the first Spider Man movie and the first X Men movie were shot in lots that were near each other. Mm-hmm. And that um Raimi wanted to have Hugh Jackman like walk across a crowd scene and mm-hmm. people be like, "Hey, look, Wolverine, he's here, guys." Yeah, you know. But of course, there's nothing to substantiate that; it's just a rumor. Um, but the inclusion of continuity ever since uh, 2008 in uh, Iron Man, whenever Nick Fury, of course, shows up at the end of Iron Man. Spoiler alert, I guess. But if you haven't seen Iron Man by this point, um, <laughs> Yeah, I you're, can't, a little, you're, you're probably, missing out. You probably downloaded this podcast by accident. Um, but uh, and then again, when he shows up, or when uh, Iron Man himself shows up in Incredible Hulk a few months or however many months later, um, that was so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it, it's such a delicate balance. It's like a knife's edge. Like you want to have those continuity things in there for the hardcore fans, but you don't want it to be distracting or to take away from the movie going experience of casual fan or someone who doesn't have a background in comics so they don't want to be like well i don't i don't know what the hell that thing is like what's that is that supposed to be important am i supposed Mm -hmm. to know what that is oh well yeah if you watch dr strange and ant-man you'd know what iron man is talking about right now yeah i mean you don't really have that which is great it's it's entirely accessible and makes makes fans out of um people who might not otherwise be interested in seeing a superhero movie so i mean yeah i think the state right now of comic book movies is is generally pretty strong even the movies that i don't like are still widely um accepted or well received or whatever even like personally as a longtime superman fan i have very strong and vocal opinions about the human the thought the thought criminal known as Zack snyder and <laughs> the terrible things he has done um but Regardless of my opinion, people still paid $11 billion to go see Batman vs. Superman yeah. and uh, Man of Steel and Suicide Squad and um, and the like. So, I mean, they're still money makers. They're still generally, you know, accepted by by uh, our culture and society as a whole. And, um, and uh, you, you have – that being the case, you have all these different studios trying to – uh, differentiate themselves from each other while still remaining inside that genre. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get things like 
uh, Marvel being continuity heavy and then also like generally family friendly and then Fox sort of veering off into the super grim dark, we can say the F word kind of area and it's done pretty well for them. And then you have DC just sort of shoving its head right up its ass. I should say Warner Brothers. Let me Warner Brothers shoving its head up its ass. <laughs> DC Sally has very little to do with the actual making of their own movies um, because Warner Brothers is the parent company there. And it's this whole disaster, but that's not really what we're here to talk about. Um, but that that sort of segues into what we were going to talk about today. Yeah, so obviously both of us have seen Logan that just came out this past weekend yeah. as we're recording this. Um, fair warning for anyone listening, there are spoilers that we're going to talk about. So if you've not seen it, stay away, or if you don't care about spoilers it's fine um so before you start i want to say that logan i i've i've i talked about this on the last random chatter episode but just in case you don't listen to that um i'm not an x-men fan uh in terms of the movies i know very little about them i don't read the comics um the last one i saw i saw first class i didn't see days of future past I've not seen any of the Wolverines, and I saw Apocalypse, but I don't remember any of it because I thought it was terrible. That's fair. It's super boring. and makes no sense. Um, but that's pretty much my, my level of interest in X-Men. Um, I did like the cartoon when I was growing up, but that's about it. Uh, Logan, however, I was really interested in the way it looked in terms of the marketing and it didn't look like a comic book movie like if you go and just tell me hey this is some science fiction type movie i'm probably going to be interested in it you know regardless but if it was just based on that and just completely original it looked really good and i i was really anxious to see it um so i did and i was very surprised at how i felt um i came out of that movie and some people have criticized me for this but i thought it's one of the best comic book movies in quite a while um and i think that it may eventually if not if not already surpass guardians of the galaxy as my personal favorite not best but favorite so that's where i stand i thought it was a phenomenal movie um and we'll get into a little bit more later but ryan what'd you think of it uh, I really, I liked it a whole hell of a lot. It was very moving, um, which is hard to pull off, really. I mean, in pretty much every comic book movie, they, they at some point go for the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, except for maybe Deadpool. But uh, <laughs> even in Guardians of the Galaxy, at some points or another, you're like, oh, God, that tape, that tape that he found. <laughs> um But this one was, it seems, even from that first trailer, that very mm-hmm. first trailer where they played hurt by johnny cash and showed just you know the clips from the movie you're just like oh my god like am i gonna be okay after this yeah. movie spoiler alert no you're not mm-hmm. you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be upset for a while mm-hmm. um but it was it was very good and it was um uh tonally it, it felt more like a western than okay. than a superhero movie um see I, I don't think it felt like a superhero movie at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, there are no costumes. Um, 
uh, I mean, there's there's a few powered people besides Logan, besides Wolverine, um, but no costumes, no code names. Like he he even uh, eschews the actual title of Wolverine. Like I don't I don't think I'm trying to recall if they actually if anybody ever actually calls him that in the movie. I don't I, remember. I think they may have used it once, mm-hmm. if that. Yeah. Um, but it was more of like, rather than saying, hey, Wolverine, it yeah. was more of like, the Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. It was the, it was in the graveyard scene when he was at somebody's funeral, don't oh, know who it was. Oh, that's right, And yes. that lady said, hey, you're the Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's sort of like he's uh, completely just you know, just eschewed that personality, just totally wants nothing to do with the superhero life or, or anything like that. And um, uh, I, I tell you what was actually super hard for me uh, was seeing Patrick Stewart like that because I grew up watching Star Trek The Next Generation and Patrick Stewart uh, just personified this, like, dignity and boldness and leadership and uh, um, compassion and strength and even even later on when he was professor xavier same thing mm-hmm. and then seeing him sort of feeble and frail and not in control and not to get too weird or heavy but like he, he displays like certain uh characteristics of like alzheimer's or, mm-hmm. or some such thing and, and my family has dealt with that and so it was particularly even more like weighty so when he dies in the film right before he has this sort of confessional moment of clarity situation it was extremely hard mm-hmm. extremely hard uh yeah and and, and uh, a big theme i don't know i don't know what you thought about this but a big theme for the entire movie was disappointment yeah um, i can see that what uh, professor x even even says at one point what a disappointment you are to logan but the entire universe itself has come to this sort of unceremonious undignified and it's and it's implied like they never flat out say it, which I think was a really great way to go. Uh, that the X Men all met a very undignified end at the hands, the accidental hands of Professor Xavier when he had one of his fits, and it's implied that he killed all of the X Men accidentally. And there's no dignity and no glory and no like sacrifice in that. They just died on accident. Yeah, you know when their person who whose job it is to teach them to control their powers loses control of his powers mm-hmm. um and that's you know just horribly disappointing and then the universe itself mutants have just sort of gone away and you find out the reason they've gone away is because they've essentially been uh gen- bred out more or less yeah um, they found a way to chemically shut off the x gene in people and so it's no longer passed on and so there there are so few left and wolverine himself is given up on being a hero on any level or or continuing to crusade for mutant rights and safety and protecting humanity the humanity that hates and fears them as they say um yeah it it was a, a really great movie yeah. <laughs> what okay. what else uh you want to talk uh, about? So how you mentioned that um and this is just a, me being curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that the X-Men all died because of um 
Professor Xavier and one of his fits. Mm-hmm. That's not something that I caught on to right at the start. Mm-hmm. I actually had to go back after I watched the movie and read about it, and that's when I found out. Is that covered in another movie or no. anything? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't think so. I've seen I've seen all the X-Men films, and aside from, like, they're, they're just riddled with continuity errors. Like, you don't even bother trying to make them all fit together yeah. because they don't. Um, but uh, at the, the last, at the end of the last movie, uh, it takes place in, I think, 1983, I want to say. Um, but at the end of the last movie, they sort of, sort of set up Logan because at the end of the last movie, it shows um, Essex Corporation or, yeah, take Wolverine's genetic sample um, and of course Essex Corporation is alluding to Nathaniel I think is his first name Essex who is Mr. Sinister who's a X-Men big bad uh, who's all about like genetics and creating different kinds of mutants although in the comics it's he's obsessed with the Summers bloodline mm-hmm. Cyclops and Havoc and uh, Vulcan and whatnot. Um, but of course Wolverine is the movie star of the X-Men so they had to make it about him but in the movie, it's not uh, um, Essex Corporation. It's some com- completely other or some con- entirely different entity uh, that's taken his and a few other mutant genetic samples and um, used them to sort of fabricate uh, a new generation of X-Men clones, more or less. And that's where Laura mm-hmm. X-23 comes into, into play. Um, and I thought she was... She was really well well done. Uh, I really wish they would have showed her because she has the feet claws as well, mm-hmm. uh, and they only showed that once in the movie, and it was played really cool. But mm-hmm. I wish they would have showed it a little more. Yeah, especially since um, they made a point to describe why she has those. Yeah, that was really cool. So. That was really cool. She has them because uh, I can't remember what it was. Was it they say lions or was it tigers? Uh, I want to say it was a lion. Some large predatory jungle yeah. cat. Uh, the, the females of that species, they have, uh, claws in the, in their hind legs for fighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's why she has them apparently. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't know anything about biology. That might be dubious biology, but I don't care. (laughs) It sounds awesome. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, now I I don't know, you said you haven't read many comics, but have you ever read the actual story that this is loosely based on old man Logan? No. I remember when it came out, I yeah. think. Because it was like, what, somewhere in the 2000s? Yeah, it was in the, I want to say 2000 and... Let's see, I was working at one of the comic shops at that time. So I want to say like 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, because it was like a relatively big deal at the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a... Uh, I don't remember how many issues it was. But it was a story arc actually in the, the Wolverine, the ongoing Wolverine monthly title... And it was by uh, Mark Miller and Steve McNiven, who are kind of a dream team. They are, they are actually the guys who wrote Civil War, or wrote and drew Civil War. Oh, okay. Um, and it was a short little uh, alternate universe story about the distant future of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. in which all the superheroes have been defeated because essentially, as Wolverine himself puts it together or puts it in the actual book, the villains got their shit together and were able to overpower all the heroes and uh essentially the only 
living remaining heroes are Wolverine, Hawkeye, uh, I think like a descendant of Luke Cage, I think a descendant of Spider-Man, and a reprogrammed Ultron drone. And uh, the the whole premise revolves around a Wolverine who lives in like California under the rule... Oh no, the Hulk. Yeah, that's sort of a big deal, but he's a villain now. <laughs> Because he's gone mad from radiation poisoning. But, like, Wolverine lives in, like, the California desert as a farmer. And he's a very avid pacifist. He's from the go. He is like, I do not fight anymore. I don't pop my claws, etc. And he's, like, settled down and has a, a wife and family. And um, Hawkeye shows up one day and uh, offers to pay for Wolverine's debt that he owes to the... The Hulk, who is essentially the landlord of his property, mm-hmm. um, if he will help him transport a cargo across the United States, and Wolverine agrees to do so, and you go on this sort of tour with Hawkeye and Wolverine of this dystopian Marvel universe, and you see essentially what happened to all the heroes in the Marvel universe, and of course they couldn't do that in the movie version of Logan because Fox has no right to use any of the Marvel characters mm-hmm. beyond X-Men and ancillary X-Men characters. Yeah. Um, so they had to tweak it a lot to, and uh, I think the only um, beats that are the same in the movie that are in the uh, comic book is that Wolverine is old. Yeah. He is transporting something across the United States, um, and uh, all the mutants are gone, and all the X-Men are dead because one of the X-Men killed them. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, if you ever want to read Old Man Logan, I'm going to tell you the big twist in it, but you definitely should because it's super good. It's definitely my favorite Wolverine story. But you find out the reason that Wolverine is a pacifist is because when the villains got their shit together... Um, Mysterio, the Spider-Man, the fishbowl-helmeted Spider-Man villain, Master of Illusion, uh, essentially causes Wolverine to hallucinate and think that all the villains are attacking the X-Mansion, so Wolverine goes ballistic and starts, in his mind, killing all the uh, Marvel villains, but he essentially wakes up and sees that he has, in fact, killed all the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And um, he is racked with guilt and attempts to commit suicide by laying his neck across a train track. And allowing a train to run over him, but that is not enough to kill him. So mm-hmm. he just decides to go out west and continue to exist until he dies. Yeah. Um, and then he gets the call to adventure from Hawkeye and gets pulled back into the larger scope of the Marvel Universe. And it is it is a very bleak story, but it is also extremely satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It is not the end of Wolverine in the way that the film Logan is the end of Wolverine. Uh, but it is still a very satisfying and solid Wolverine story. Um, so he doesn't die in Old Man Logan. No, he doesn't. He just continues to, in this sort of like uh, masterless samurai kind of way, He after the whole story resolves itself, he just sort of walks off into the sunset to find mm-hmm. more wrongs to right. Um, and, uh, it's very poignant, very, very well done. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And like, as, uh, yeah. And as you said in the film, of course, Logan dies at the end. Yeah. And, uh, it was actually, it was, uh, strangely moving for me to see him die. I did not realize 
how attached to him I or to, to seeing Hugh Jackman play him that I was, frankly. Yeah. Um, until the the sad moment where you realize, well, that's never something you'll see again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I almost feel like this should be the end of Fox's X Men movie universe. Of course, it won't be. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll find some way to reboot it for a third time or yeah. something. They're on like their. It'd be technically their third reboot. Right? It would be. If they would do it again. Yeah, because X Men First Class. Well, more X Men Days of Future Past was like a soft reboot for that entire universe because they did the timeline thing, right? Yeah, and in the end of X Men Three, all the X Men are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh God, that movie's so bad. It's so bad. It's <laughs> such a bad movie. Uh, sometimes I'm just struck by how bad that movie is. But uh, yeah, and so they had to go back in and fix it and be mm-hmm. like okay okay so no the x-men are alive again so we can keep making x-men movies yeah um and now i think because like you said apocalypse was not bad but also not good and mm-hmm. no one cared about it no one gave a shit about x-men apocalypse which is worse really mm-hmm. because you can have a really good movie like civil war or logan or you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, and people will talk about it. You can have a really shitty movie, like Suicide Squad or Batman vs. Superman, and people will talk about it mm-hmm. just as much. Yeah. But then you have X-Men Apocalypse, and no one gives a shit, and that is the worst possible outcome. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, they needed something, and then they had Deadpool uh, come out, and Fox sort of was like, oh, okay, well, let's just make superhero movies where they can say the F word. Mm-hmm. And that'll be our thing. Yeah. And uh, and it's worked out so far for mm-hmm. two soon-to-be-three movies. You see that teaser for Deadpool 2 in front of Logan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, uh, Fox will continue. Well, either way, Fox will continue to make Deadpool movies. That'll never not be a thing. Yeah. My, my best-case scenario, they would give X-Men back to Marvel and have like a sort of profit-sharing thing like they do... Like Marvel has with Sony, mm-hmm. to where Sony can distribute Spider-Man movies, but yeah. Marvel Studios makes them. And yeah. that, to me, that's like a good compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially since we know that Marvel's track record, at least in terms of yeah. making the movies, been pretty damn good so far. Yeah, absolutely. Even even the worst Marvel Studios movie is still a good movie. It's only bad when compared to other Marvel Studios movies. Like yeah. you look at like the the ones that are bad or what we would consider badly uh for me personally i think iron man 3 is just eh. mm-hmm. but if it had been the only iron man movie i had ever seen completely divorced from all other superhero movies i'd be like that was awesome yeah uh that whole thing with the plane or uh thor the dark world which is again not bad but just sort of eh. yeah but if it had been the only thor movie i'd ever seen complete in a vacuum it would have probably blown my socks off yeah um so, like you said, like Marvel's the the standard, the bars is quite high for Marvel Studios productions, and typically speaking, mm-hmm. they meet that. Yeah. Um, whether it's in, you know, their Netflix shows or their, uh, of course, their films. Uh, now, I'm I think I might be the only human that still watches Agents of Shield. <laughs> You're <laughs> not. We I have do a podcast know. about it. So. Oh, good. I do. I love it. Um, and I don't think it gets. I don't think it's a fair shake. I love Agents of Shield. I still do. Um, 
but uh, yeah, Marvel Studios bar is really high. And if and if they were to do that, I don't know how they would fit it in continuity wise that mutants are there now. Yeah, because Marvel spent a lot of time trying to make Inhumans a thing. Inhumans is never going to be a thing, Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be a thing. Just stop. Um, but if they did get X Men back and they could just suddenly have Wolverine team up with the Avengers and all that other good stuff, that would be great. And it would only be good for Fox. Yeah, if they if they had something like that. Mm-hmm. So. So this kind of goes into the um, second part of what I wanted to talk to you about. So I, I think that, and you can feel free to disagree, but I think one of the main reasons Logan was so good in my eyes, and I think will be in the long run considered one of the best, is because, <clears throat> like I said, one, it doesn't try to be a comic book movie. And I, I think, like for example, um, Age of Ultron was okay but and i i enjoyed it but it was a little too fantastical mm-hmm. um whereas you know something like this or the dark knight to a lesser extent is a little bit more um rooted to our real world type thing mm-hmm. like this aside from the fact that you know there's like sciencey things like genetic mutation and the whole claw thing i mean it it's a story that you can believe, whereas something like Age of Ultron, you can't. I mean, you're not really supposed to believe about in comic book movies, but sure. um, or comic books in general, but especially if they involve superheroes. But this is um, this is an instance where I felt like you you it was a little bit more relatable. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, I think because it was a character story and didn't try to fit into the overall scheme of things. Like, um, you can argue that something like, you know, anything like Captain America Civil War or the Thor movies or Iron Man or anything like that, they're character films about that one specific thing. But as we saw with Civil War, it was pretty much Avengers 2.5. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, aside from having the Captain America name, you can argue that it really wasn't a Captain America movie. Sure, yeah. Um, it would be just like if Logan was called Logan, but wasn't heavily featuring Logan yeah. or Wolverine. Um, and the fact that you know you only had Professor X is really the only other primary thing that people know. Um, I, I think that is a, a testament to its strength. And I'm curious, what? first of all, do you agree with the things that, I just said the reasons why it'll be at least remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know some com- comic book movies aren't. Um, for example, like, you mentioned Thor The Dark World, and mm-hmm. I totally forgot that existed. Yeah. A lot of people do. Um, well, which Thor- is weird, because it's like, hey, you want to see a movie with an Avenger and also a Doctor in it? Like, mm-hmm. Doctor Capital D, as in Doctor Who. And you'd be like, yeah! And you watch it, and you're like, no, I instantly forgot about that. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Uh, One other thing, though, um, before you go on, I also like how this was because I feel like there's a there's a line between uh, comic book movie and like realistic movie featuring comic book heroes and villains. Um, this Logan and Dark Knight would probably be in the more realistic category. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marvel films are kind of in the middle, and I think that sometimes where they're a little bit faulted. Um, and something like maybe Amazing Spider-Man, both of those movies, I think that leans more towards the comic book side, yeah. which if you do either or, 
I think you're going to be a little bit more successful. But if you're in the middle, you kind of run the risk of failure. Yeah, it, it's a hard needle to thread. And I do think that there are some characters that lend themselves more easily to that sort of grounded, so to speak, uh, style. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Wolverine is, is definitely one of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be... I mean, you try and make a, a grounded superhero movie, or a grounded, like, Superman movie, for example, and you'll get Man of Steel. Yeah. And that's awful. It's awful. You know it. <laughs> accept it. Um, you try and make a grounded Batman movie, you get Dark Knight. Yeah. And it works really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are, there are certain characters who lend themselves more to the idea of being grounded. And, and to be fair, y- you could definitely make a super... Uh, head in the clouds, over the top Wolverine movie, complete with like yellow spandex and all that other good stuff. And it would, pro- it could still be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you could, but uh, you could definitely go the other way too. And that's what this is. Yeah. It's the complete um, f- far end of that spectrum um, to the point where it it doesn't treat doesn't treat the idea of the superhero with contempt but wolverine himself in the story does mm-hmm. um it, it is very much uh, there, there's a plot point in the story where he has he literally has in his possession a stack of x-men comic books yeah and he uh angrily sort of derides laura the owner of the comic books for believing in the dream of the x-men of of you could say superheroes. Um, he himself does this. And uh, I don't feel like the film itself, that's not a big point of the film. Because, of course, at the end, he proves himself to be incredibly heroic and sacrificial and saves the world and everything like that. Yeah. And there's even a little boy at his funeral holding a Wolverine complete with yellow spandex and cowl doll. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Which I thought was a nice touch. Um, but uh, th- this movie is definitely more uh, grounded Look at uh, Daredevil, for example. Daredevil's extremely grounded. Mm-hmm. That's a movie about a blind uh, urban ninja. And you watch it, and there's nothing. At no point, it has this great inherent verisimilitude mm-hmm. where you're watching it, and at no point you're like, this is goddamn ridiculous, yeah. blind <laughs> urban ninja. But like you're watching it, you're like, yeah, no, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's same, believable. Same thing with... And, and that's because of the way it's presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with, with this movie. Uh with Logan, you know, it's about like uh, a complete, a completely different race of people that all have fantastic powers and use them to fight evil. Mm-hmm. And at no point you're like, "That's stupid." The yeah. entire time you're like, "Yeah, okay, no, I'm on board. I'm with mm-hmm. that." Because uh, just entirely because of the way it's the package it's wrapped up in. Yeah. Um, and I think that that speaks more to the quality of the filmmakers than anything. Because, like I said, you try and make a grounded movie incorrectly mm-hmm. and it's gonna backfire yeah um you try and make a fantastic movie wrong and it's gonna backfire too um although i don't know you like you mentioned age of ultron and yes age of ultron is again one of the weaker marvel movies i wouldn't even say it's bad but when held up against the others it's definitely uh you can notice its flaws more. Yeah, definitely. There there are definitely some parts of it where you're like, okay, that was 
whatever, I guess. For example, for me, I, I felt like the treatment of Black Widow in Age of Ultron was left something to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not feel like she should have been captured and rescued. I think that's baloney. I think that that is not a thing that that, 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 that did not need to be in the story. Yeah. She could be captured, but she's perfectly... You know, find her, way, her own yeah, way out. She's perfectly you capable know? of getting out of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a person who could go... Who could hold their own against Iron Man and Captain America and the Winter Soldier and all these other people. But, I mean, it's just, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so the grounded or quote-unquote realistic superhero movie is is definitely this interesting kind of subgenre of the superhero and like I said, difficult to pull off because it's an inherently ridiculous, and I don't mean that with any sort of derision because it's something that I love more than anything. My son is literally named after two superheroes. <laughs> um, it is is something that is inherently ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's something that's inherently fantastic. The superhero is pure wish fulfillment. Whatever your wish is. Is it, I want to make the world a better place? Well, here you go. Here's Superman. Is it, I want to get revenge for all the people who are mean to me? Well, mm-hmm. here you go. Here's Batman. You know, uh, I'm a part of a minority group, and I just want to be understood. Well, here's the X Men. Like it's pure wish fulfillment. Yeah, and that is sort of goes hand in hand with being over the top and fantastic. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, dealing with these personal issues or your own like issues on like a Paul Bunyan esque scale, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, uh, when Superman deals with his in laws, he's dealing with relatives from the 31st century when he walks his dog he walks it around the moon to paraphrase grant morrison mm-hmm. you know and i think that's that's why it resonates so much with people is if you ask any human on the planet earth who their favorite superhero is they have an opinion yeah you know no one is like i don't like superheroes baloney if you are lying <laughs> you have a favorite superhero everyone does yeah you know and you can tell a lot about some of their favorite superheroes mm-hmm. i firmly believe that I, I work. That. I work in mental health, and I would love to be able to just sit down with every person and be like, and figure out what your favorite superhero <laughs> says about your psychological state. Um, but yeah, all right. So, given that, um, I, I personally I feel like Logan and even Deadpool before it has kind of set a standard for the way that comic book movies are going to be made going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just because both of them are rated R and violent, but I think both aren't scared to limit themselves based on the content. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying make every single superhero movie rated R, or in Batman versus Superman's case, make every movie really dark and gritty. Yeah, grim, dark, and. Um, but. Where do you see comic book movies going forward from here? I mean, right now we have, um, just off the top of my head, we have another Thor movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman, which I'm really excited for. I think yeah. that might finally be DC's God, I hope so. Fingers crossed. That is, that, that is, just as an aside, like, Wonder Woman is so important. Yeah. They have to get it right. They have to. The mm-hmm. first female-led superhero movie, mm-hmm. besides, like, the old timey ones like Electra and Catwoman, which yeah. were are just terrible films. And um this is the first like real superhero movie that is, you know, female led and it's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman is the female superhero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it is so important. And my daughter's favorite superhero besides the Flash. <laughs> for God's sake, they have to get this right for her, or I'm gonna write another strongly worded letter <laughs> to Warner Brothers. There you um, go. 
But yeah, Wonder Woman, and then also Guardians 2 comes out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Justice League. Yeah, Justice comes League. Comes out next summer. Uh, we Don't I forget, uh, the, I think, yeah, I think it is in 2018, I believe. I don't know. I kind of block out a lot of that stuff. Yeah, well, they they change the dates around all the time. So. Yeah, they, they, they do. And don't forget Spider-Man Homecoming, too. That's right, yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming, which I looks good, too. So... Do you think that any of these movies um, can like take a lesson from Logan, or if not, what do you, what what do you, what do you see personally the future? Because I I know that I, I remember when we used to work together that you had a uh, a um, like a printout paper of all did, of the yeah. comic book movies that were coming out. Yeah, I did. And um, so I, I know you're anxiously awaiting pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. So what, what you know, what do you see going forward? What I see going forward is I think you're going to see a lot more of the superhero like subgenre. They're going to start breaking down into like the superhero western, the superhero kung fu movie, mm-hmm. the superhero crime drama, uh, the superhero family film. Like they're gonna they're gonna go into these subgenres beyond just like being a straight up superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna have your your you know straight up superhero movies. You're like Avengers and stuff like that. But then they're gonna be like superhero fantasy. Like Thor, you yeah. have superhero espionage, like Winter Soldier. Um, then you're gonna have uh, maybe even superhero romantic comedy at mm-hmm. some point. I could definitely see that being a thing. Yeah, um, you already have superhero legal drama with mm-hmm. Daredevil. Yeah. I mean, and, and then you this uh, this month, one of my all time personal favorites, the Immortal Iron Fist. You're gonna have the superhero kung fu movie. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, God, I hope it's so good. Yeah, uh, I oh, it has to be for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's where I see it going. And then I, I do think, um, like you said about the the rated R superhero movie, and it was interesting you brought that up because I was going to bring that up too. That there is uh, that they re- they released that director's cut of Batman versus Superman that was rated R. Did you yeah. see it? I didn't see it, but I know it exists. Uh, I I did see it and. They they added in a couple of extra scenes that make it make a little more sense, but that's not hard to do because it made no goddamn sense. <laughs> that entire movie is just a freaking train wreck. Mm-hmm. But, but it, neither here nor there. But I do think that's going to be a thing too. Like as part of that, yeah, is you're going to see the superhero like hard R action movie, mm-hmm. um, like Deadpool. We already have the 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 hard R raunchy comedy superhero with Deadpool. You know. Um, so I think that's, that's where it's going to go is this sort of, um, dividing up into these, uh, sub genres. And I, I think I look forward to that personally, because like I said, I think, I think the, the superhero, uh, genre can be used to tell all kinds of stories just on this larger mythological scale. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing that happen, Mm -hmm. hopefully. It's interesting that we're kind of talking about this because I remember growing up, um, I mean, there were always, there, there was the Superman movies and there was Batman, mm-hmm. but we really didn't get this influx of comic book films until Spider-Man right. back in like 2001, 2002. Uh, yeah, I think t- 2000, I think, is when that came it out. It was something around that time. Yeah. Um, and, I mean... <laughs> Like it or not, I, I would say that the primary demographic for superheroes in general is probably um, late children, early to mid to late teens. 
um, and probably up until like the, about age 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that they're willing to, and like in the case of Deadpool and Logan, to kind of go beyond that and make films kind of for everyone mm-hmm. um, and kind of branch off into this. I, I would definitely see, or I would definitely welcome a like a, a genre thing. Um, that's not something I thought about. It's something I thought about for Star Wars. Oh yeah, Star Wars can definitely do the same thing. But I, I'm worried that they won't go that route just for like, um, you know, for the demographic reasons. I know with Deadpool, I mean, I loved Deadpool, mm-hmm. but I remember there were kids in there, and yeah. that there was a big controversy oh, because. Yeah. Kids were taking their parents. I mean, take, the parents were taking their kids yeah. away from Deadpool in the middle of the show because it was so violent. Yeah, well, that's because they marketed the crap out of Deadpool to kids. Yeah, Deadpool showed up on the Spider-Man cartoon show, mm-hmm. um, which is fine because he's a Marvel character and whatnot. But at the same time, I don't know what they expected was going to happen. Yeah, because when you can buy like Deadpool stuff everywhere, when you have like Deadpool plushies and action figures and t-shirts and stuff like that, which I'm not knocking it. Like, I think that's fine. If you want to market your, your IP, go for it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they should have leaned into it a little more mm-hmm. and marketed the movie as being like, Hey guys, super not for kids. Yeah. Um, which I mean, to be fair, they rated it R, but I feel like they should have been more blunt about that, even mm-hmm. to the point of it being a, Deadpool, like, self-referential kind of joke. Like, where yeah. he shows up and is like, hey, don't take your kids to see my movie, you, or you're going to be a terrible parent and we'll call CPS. Yeah. Or something silly. Um, but yeah, that was, I, because I kind of dealt with the same thing with some of my friends who had kids, mm-hmm. and they were like, my kid went to go see that movie, and there's like... Now they're scarred for life. Yeah. <laughs> now there's like a scene where Ryan Reynolds, and there's like dildos and all kinds of terrible stuff. I'm like, yeah, well... I could have told you that was going to yeah. happen. Like, it's Deadpool. Yeah, it's what did R, you think so. was going to happen? Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard R there, dudes. Um, but yeah, I think that is uh, that, that is something that definitely... And it's interesting, too, because Deadpool... If I don't know if you've noticed this. Deadpool's really the only X character that Marvel markets anymore. Mm-hmm. Because Marvel doesn't get any real money from the X-Men movies. So, they get money from uh, the comics, but, I mean, just be real here, not as many people buy comics as yeah. they do movies. So, at some point, you hit that place of diminishing returns where it, it's not financially viable. And also, they kind of want to give the big middle finger to Fox, and just so they cut back on all their X-Men stuff. Yeah. So, as not to support those movies. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I swear to you, that's why they're trying so hard to make Inhumans a thing, so they can mm-hmm. have their own in-house x-men style thing that they control um did you you say you watch agents of shield i don't oh okay well that's sort of like a big plot of the show is that there's this i I know they were trying to introduce this minority group that exists in the marvel universe that everybody hates and fears and they have powers but they're not mutants yeah they're inhumans yeah i've heard they make a big deal about that yeah and i'm always like marvel we know what you're doing Mm -hmm. okay let's just stop it stop trying to make inhumans a thing Mm mm-hmm um. Yeah. All right. So one, we only have a few minutes left. So um, one last thing I want to ask you about: What do you think? Because we've seen, starting with uh, Daredevil, um, more Netflix properties, yeah. 
And I, th- I think, you know, things like, like a, not lesser superheroes, but I guess ones that don't really warrant a film and you're not wanting to really take that risk um, are better suited for television shows, either on cable, like we have Flash um, mm-hmm. and Green Arrow, but or Netflix, like you have Daredevil, Jessica Jones, etc. Um, where do you see Netflix being involved in any of this in the future? Do you think like they they might attempt to go after like movie rights, or will they just stick to you know the streaming stuff that they get from whoever makes you know all the shows? Well, it's entirely possible that they'll make some direct to Netflix uh, Marvel movies. I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but they've already got up on deck an, a Punisher Netflix show. Mm-hmm. There's there was talk about. A Moon Knight Netflix show, um, and even I heard a rumor of a spinoff of Agents of Shield uh, for Ghost Rider um, for for a Netflix show, and of course continuing, you know, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, presumably Iron Fist, and Defenders for another thing. Like, yeah, it's entirely possible that. But see, the thing is, is like a lot of these, like you said, a lot of these characters aren't as well known. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of Daredevil, need to be reintroduced and rebranded entirely. Yeah. So rather than having a two-hour movie or something like that, they're like space it out over, you know, thirteen episodes of a show to really hammer home who this person is, what their universe is like, mm-hmm. what they can and can't do, where do they come from, how do they interact with the, you know, the Marvel universe as a whole, and make you understand who that person is mm-hmm. um, versus like someone who's a little more straightforward or, or or a little more in the public eye or consciousness like Captain America or Hulk. Mm-hmm. You don't need, not that I would turn it down, but you don't need a 13-episode Hulk TV show to make you understand who the Hulk is. We all pretty much know Yeah. at this point. But if you were to ask someone to, like, well, who's Luke Cage? Some rando on the street, like, who's Luke Cage? You'd be like, Nick Cage's cousin? Yeah. Like, I don't know who that is. Um, but now, after, like, a successful Netflix show, uh, they might. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, hope, hopefully we'll get more of that stuff. I would love to see them do more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would. I would really like that. Do you think they will put more of the, um, like if they, if they don't really want to go full on R for a movie, that they might put it as a Netflix property instead, similar to, um, isn't Luke Cage violent? Yes. Yes. So they wouldn't probably do that as a movie and it deals with a lot of adult themes and yeah. also my goodness i loved it but whew, there was a they used the n-word a lot in that show mm-hmm. from my like liberal white ears i was like oh so uncomfortable <laughs> um but i mean it was still really great and and like you said it was they, they uh they took a risk yeah and, and it and it paid off i feel mm-hmm. um same thing with jessica jones i mean that was did you watch jessica jones no it's really good it deals with some really heavy themes mm-hmm um, really heavy stuff, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I would love to see, and I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it just feels like maybe there's less risk involved mm-hmm. in a Netflix show. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just feels that way because, and it's a little bit less. You, you get a little bit, um, not as much pressure put on you too, because, I mean, compare a two and a half hour film. Yeah. Three, if you make a director's cut um 
to like a 10 to 13 episode TV show. There's a lot more to cram into that movie. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about um, rushing the character development. You don't have to worry about, well, we're making a sequel and, you know, we don't want to put all of our chips on one table. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something too. Uh, my only issue is that if it happens, and this is kind of a problem I have with the Marvel stuff on Netflix, is that I. I think that there's a chance in the future that we get too much content. I could see that. And it's people start to get a little burnt out on the whole superhero thing. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, I try my best to see some of the movies that interest me. Yeah. Um, I've, I want to watch Daredevil so bad. I just don't have the time. Yeah. And, you know, by the time I get caught up, there's another season of something else that I need to watch. And, mm-hmm. um, that's one reason why I didn't get into S.H.I.E.L.D. I wanted to watch it because it came out really during the time that I was really interested in, I think, when did that start? Oh, it's on its uh, third season now? Third or fourth season now. So it was around the time Avengers came Yeah, out. it started shortly after. It was yeah. a spinoff of Avengers. So, and I loved the Avengers. So yeah. um, I was interested in it. I just never had the time, really. Yeah. And that, um, and that sort of uh, genre fatigue, so to speak, I mean, that's that's a real, a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand that entirely. Like, I, I kind of feel that way a little bit about Star Wars sometimes. Yeah. Because Star Wars is so sacred to me. I mean, it's practically my religion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, whenever I keep seeing Star Wars stuff everywhere and there's a movie every year, I mean, I'll go see it. Yeah. I'll go buy it. I'll love it. I'll read all the books. I'll watch every episode of Rebels. I don't care. I will do that. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I'll, I'll start feeling like, like Jesus in the temple and flipping over tables, being like, "This is my father's house. You turned it into a den of thieves, Disney." You know. But yeah. seriously, though, I'll take two for Rogue One. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I definitely, I hope that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Not, not on, not on like a mass scale. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I hope not, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I think it's something to at least for the people making this and for the studios to keep in the back of their minds um i know that uh, and you know when the star wars comics came out i went to the comic shop every week oh yeah and got them i remember and then i had to stop because too many too many and like i i the i got when the force awakens came out i got the i um that i think that's when i stopped reading Mm -hmm. uh not because um i was lack of interest but because I had a lot to read, so I was like, okay, well, I just like let them build up and then binge read them. Mm-hmm. I still have stuff like that from the beginning of 2016 on. Yeah. I have stuff up until I think last fall that I've not read. Are you still buying it all? No. Okay. No. I was just curious. And um, I mean, I'd like to because I liked the stories and mm-hmm. I prefer that more than the novels. It's just it's expensive. And I mean, I, I like physical stuff. I'm not really a digital guy, so yeah, it's just expensive. And there, and when there were there were stories too that, even though I, I enjoyed them, I didn't see the point. And that's really my case with the novels. People that have listened to me on all of our podcasts know that I'm less likely to read a novel if it doesn't matter to the overall grand scheme of things, or if it it might add to like my enjoyment of. I don't know, episode three or something, but I'm going to watch episode three regardless of whether I <laughs> right, see yeah. Clone Wars or not, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's just that that thing with Star Wars is just weird in and of itself. But I, I don't want it to happen to superhero movies either, just because again, I want to see I, I don't want them to be afraid to um you know, think outside the box a little. I like they did yeah. kind of with Logan. Yeah. And because, you know, even maybe like five six seven years ago you really probably wouldn't think of seeing something like this no definitely not because five or six years ago uh you would not have seen an r superhero movie not not at all because Mm -hmm. they wanted it to appeal to as many people as possible yep they wanted they wanted you to take your kids to see the x-men movies and and so a hard r superhero movie outside of like it's sort of taking the piss out of the superhero genre, like Kick-Ass or something. Like, mm-hmm. you would not have seen that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, not like a mainstream superhero movie with something to say, like Logan or Deadpool. Like, yeah, you wouldn't have seen that. Yeah. You know, not with a, not with a big red Marvel logo in front of it. Yeah. I know that I know that Marvel didn't make those movies, everybody. I know. <laughs> They're still associated, though. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every time a... I'm sure my mom will listen to this, but every time... Uh, <laughs> They make Fox or makes a new X Men or uh, movie at all. I have to explain to my parents like, "Well, see, Marvel didn't actually make the movie." Uh huh. I love you, mom. <laughs> um, so, last question: mm-hmm. uh, What are the top three movies you are looking forward to? Um, it can be superhero, but uh, it doesn't exclusively have to be that. That's coming up in you know the next year or two. Well, Star Wars excluded. Okay, I know that. All right, there you go. I was about to say that. Uh, um, let's see. Well, I'm looking forward. Probably the most is probably Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Besides Guardians of the Galaxy and obviously Star Wars, uh, I'm I'm curious about Thor Ragnarok. Did you did you happen to see the the Thor um, team team Thor short films that came out? Mm-mm. They were great. They were very silly. Like they were purposefully very very goofy. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if that's going to be the tone of Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And I'd be super into that if it was. I mean, I, I do enjoy Thor, and I, I love Chris Hemsworth. He seems like a very cool dude. But I could be into a very goofy, more Viking. Uh, fish out of water type of thor story like yeah. that would be fun and i know hulk is supposed to be in uh thor ragnarok so that that could be, i'm curious to see where that goes um i guess i guess it's going to be three for three here and uh spider-man uh homecoming i'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to um my best friend jason that that's his jam is spider-man and uh boy he's got some uh, he's got he's had some ups and downs with these Spider-Man films. Um, if I recall, he's not a fan of Amazing Spider-Man, right? Uh, he likes Amazing. He likes Andrew Garfield. He liked Amazing, um, but I think it's one of those things where Spider-Man Three was so bad, yeah. that it can only go up from here. That is true. Um, I think on its own, Amazing and Amazing Two are okay, mm-hmm. but just okay. Yeah. Uh, and Spider-Man, when he shows up in Civil War, was great. He was so great. And he was the first Spider-Man that was really funny. Yeah. Because if you go back and watch those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, he's a sad sack the entire time yeah. in those films. Um, so, yeah, I guess those three are the three that I'm looking forward to the most 
that are coming out within this year. Is there something that you're just like, uh, I can't believe I'm going to go see that? Justice League. <laughs> I don't even have to think about it. I know that movie's going to be just a goddamn disaster. I know mm-hmm. it's going to be. I mean, I, I take no joy in it. Listen, I was so hardcore DC my entire life. But, oh, my God, I cannot deal with these films. Mm-hmm. Man of Steel, I know I'm not supposed to say the F word. I almost did there. It broke my heart. <laughs> like, it broke my heart. Um, and it, there was no coming back from that. Yeah. Like, Suicide Squad wasn't my cup of tea. And mm-hmm. if it had been a good movie about those characters, I would have gone to see it and just been like, all right, whatever. But it was dumb. Mm-hmm. That is a movie for dumb people. <laughs> Like, I can't eat, like, I watched that and I was like, this is, this is the vape pen of movies. This yeah. is like a two hour long Limp Biscuit video. Like, I cannot even. Um, and Batman versus Superman was just so self-righteous and asinine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Zack Snyder, I don't know if he openly disdains superheroes or if he just has no idea what the hell he's doing, but either way, he needs to be in jail. <laughs> um, that's strong words. It is. Don't flip over this table here in a second. <laughs> but no, Justice League is going to be a goddamn nightmare. Um, and uh, I just, I hope Wonder Woman is good. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that, I'm sure you've seen the trailers for Wonder Woman. I think, I oh, think yeah. it's interesting that it's set in World War One, mm-hmm. And I'm curious if that's because they don't want to invite the comparison to Captain America's uh, First Avenger. Yeah. I'm curious about I that. I can see that. I, I, don't, I, would, I would love to know if that's the case or not, but that's just entirely speculation mm-hmm. on my part. Um, I hope it's good. I really do. I think it's super important that mm-hmm. you make a good Wonder Woman movie. But yeah, Justice League's going to be terrible. No, yeah. it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I don't. I don't get my hopes up anymore for for stuff. No, I don't either. I, I just don't. Maybe it'll surprise me mm-hmm. because I'll say this: DC TV shows; those are all really solid. Mm-hmm. Because they're, as opposed to the DC movies, they're not like ashamed or apologizing for yeah. where they come from or what they're about. Yeah. Flash is just like, hey guys, today we're going to learn about some science and catch some bank robbers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, into that. So into that. Um, versus movie superheroes who are sad that they have powers. I'm sad that I can fly to the moon and back. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I guess I'll wear my muted costume and go knock over some buildings. I have strong feelings about I have strong feelings about that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm sure if because uh, the first episode of Chasing Fandom got a lot of good positive feedback oh, and fun. people were all talking or wanting to talk to me, my other um, guest I had on Paul uh-huh. about just what you know what we talked about. If people want to talk to you, why about, God? Why <laughs> about anything we talked about or just your distaste for Man of Steel? How can they do Please that? Please do. I know um, you have a Twitter. I do. I'm on Twitter. Uh, burrito underscore Bushido is my Twitter handle. Um, so, yeah, you can get on there. Uh, that, that's pretty much – I'll talk about um, – seriously, the only thing I tweet about <laughs> – I talk about silly things my kids do, comic books, and uh, living with depression and anxiety. That's pretty much all I yeah. talk about. Um, so if you want to talk about superheroes or whatever, I'll, I will talk to anyone – about superheroes at any given time. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. Yes. Although sometimes, like the other day, I was in a, uh, I was in with some people 
and someone found out I like comics, and they're like, oh, can you explain to me how Superman flies? I'm like, okay, I can. <laughs> it's not going to be a short conversation. Are you sure you want to know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will talk to anybody about anything. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Cool. All right, Ryan. Well, thank you so much for... No problem. Um, it was fun. Anytime. ...for, for uh, joining me on this. I'm going to have to have you back because... Please do. I, I Again, I have a feeling that this conversation is going to you know, get a larger discussion going. So I think next time we'll have to talk about Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Because we, we've had very little Star Wars talk recently. Or if you want, so. if you want some time, you have me and Jason on here. We'll oh. talk about all our crazy convention yeah. stories. Yeah. Well, hey, celebration's coming up. Yeah. So that's going to be a topic. So, um, and I know you guys have went to a lot of, uh, lots of cons together. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Ron. Thanks again. No problem. It's great. You know, the funny thing about that conversation is that it could have probably lasted much longer. But hey, that just gives me an excuse to have Ryan back on the show in the future. I highly encourage you to give him a follow on Twitter and chat with him about comics or Star Wars or whatever you like. He's a really nice guy, and I know you won't be disappointed. So that's just about it for Chasing Fandom this go-round. You can contact me with feedback at chris at randomchatter.com. Thank you so much to everyone who has sent me something either there or on Twitter. Your kindness means the absolute world to me, and I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoy making it. And you know, speaking of Twitter, you can also find me there, at The Curse of Chris, and the show Twitter, at Chasing Fandom. Meanwhile, the network Twitter is at Random Chatter, and our Facebook is facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork. Don't forget that you can visit randomchatter.com to see the rest of our podcasts, so if you're a superhero fan listening to this for the first time... Josh and Jay have some great weekly podcasts about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Flash, and Arrow, so check those out for sure. Finally, if you're interested in donating to our Patreon, you can find information about that at patreon.com slash randomchatter. We really appreciate everyone who donates, even if it's just a dollar. And remember, that's all it takes to get into our Slack channel. And before I go, a quick shout out to I Fight Dragons for providing the music you hear in this podcast. You can find all of their music at ifightdragons.com. So that's all for me this week, so we'll let IFC have the final word. Take it away, guys. <laughs>